Hello and welcome to Funny Science Fiction, the live edition. Welcome to Funny Science Fiction Podcast, the live edition. We're so glad to have you guys here tonight. We just want to remind you that our podcast is the podcast that makes members of the Big Bang Theory regret that they wasted 12 years entertaining nerds. <laughs> so, I'll regret him because that's still a great show. It no, they great don't. Show. no, it's a great show. They just regret that they entertained us. You know, otherwise, they're fine. It's a great show. I enjoy it thoroughly, but, uh, especially on HBO Max right now. It's had a good run. So you can get on there all uh, 12 seasons of nerdiness and comic book fun. But uh, be, so before and we. Hating of Will Wheaton. And hating of Will Wheaton, yes. <laughs> There's a whole story there. And if you haven't caught on to, there are Will Wheaton issues. You need to go back a few episodes of our live show. It's it's pretty well laid out. We're uh, done! But, <laughs> we're done! But uh, before we get into tonight's entertainment, we want need to say thanks to our show partner. So we want to do that very quickly. And uh, we have a quick video here for from River City Tees and, of course, Level Up Lightsabers. So let's play a quick video for each. With over 700 designs to choose from, River City Tees has something for everyone. Need some new nerd merch? River City Tees has you covered. Need funny or sarcastic designs? River City Tees has you covered. Are you looking for a new logo or custom design? Whether you need one or 100, River City Tees has you covered. With multiple colors and options for each and every design. With things to choose from like shirts, hoodies, phone cases, coffee mugs, and so much more. Be sure to follow River City Tees on Facebook and Instagram. If you do, you'll get the latest on designs and information about upcoming sales. River City Tees. Let's make a shirt together. And then, of course, the coolest lightsaber video you're going to watch today. Here's a video from our other show partner, Level Up Lightsabers. Still love that video. It's still amazing. Haven't got, still haven't gotten sick of it. I still like watching it. I watch it even when we're not doing the show, just because I'm like <laughs> lightsabers. So anyway, I am having a bad day. How can I make myself feel better? Lightsabers. I, I'll watch a lightsaber video. Let me let me see a laser sword. It's a good day. So, <laughs> all right. So, all right. Let's bring our guests in. All right, our guests tonight are an award-winning couple of bona fide comic book geeks and some downright funny folks. Let's welcome Brad and Lisa from Comic Book Couples Counseling. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this is a thrill to be here. Not used to being live, so uh, get ready for some... Wild and crazy Wild, antics. Yeah, yeah, yeah see, maybe, perhaps. Really, really I felt like things. by saying we were funny, you, you sold us too hard and now yeah. the stakes are so high <laughs> well we also call ourselves funny so our low is a very the low threshold bar. the threshold was low you guys okay. are clearing the threshold already okay. so Don't worry, you're okay. fine. all right you know okay, if okay. you're clearing our threshold which was painstakingly low so we you know. found you very charming thus far <laughs> so yeah yeah you, you guys are gonna it's do just great four minutes you'll be okay you're gonna okay. do just great so, Brad and Lisa, thank you so much for, for joining us here tonight. Uh, so, folks at home, for those playing the at-home version of Funny Science Fiction, you can see Lisa doing the sideways shimmy off the camera. Uh, because you know, the way, actually, the, the way that they're set her. up, yeah, well, you know, the way that they're set up is that they only have room for one. And frankly, she didn't want to intimidate Kathleen with her awesome beauty. So, I, I really, really appreciate not having that competition. It's hard me. enough to compete with Nick's mustache. <laughs> That's why I have the extra hair. I can compete that way. <laughs> so before Tim, we jump in, yeah, yes sir you're not wearing your podcasting hat 
I am not. I got sick of it. If you would have been on last week's live, you would have noticed that, Nick. Thank you very much. If no, but attention, I got Nick. I got sick of messing with that hat. I always feel like I'm I'm pulling it back down because my headphones kind of do the slide back and then it pulls it up and then I'm pulling it down, then it pulls it back. It's a whole thing, and I frankly I got tired of it. And you have to be careful because you might just rub all of your hair off doing that. And then you yeah, I don't think that's gonna. And happen, I don't but... think you would that. Mm -mm. Bald. No, no, you don't want to see this bald. That, that wouldn't be good. So before we jump into our topic <laughs> for the night, I don't know what that was, but that was awesome. There's just uh, a lot of going on over there. But uh, before we jump into tonight's topic and our scheduled silliness, uh, can we talk about comic book couples counseling? Tell us how did it get started and, and what you guys do on your show so that our audience can figure out why they need to be subscribing to your show. So Comic Book Couples Counseling is a podcast uh, hosted by me and Lisa. You've met us already. Uh, we're a husband and wife duo. We've been married for uh, 13 years, going on 14 years. Going on forever. Going on forever. Yeah, yeah, going on forever. Um, and what we do at Comic Book Couples Counseling is we take a comic book couple. Uh, we started with Scott Summers and Jean Grey of the Uncanny X-Men. And we pair them with a self-help guide. Uh, with that first episode, we paired them with the five love languages. And uh, we go over usually about four episodes, four story arcs, uh, getting to know that couple and in analyzing their romantic woes through the lens of whatever self-help guide, it helps us better understand that couple, but also helps us better understand ourselves. Nailed it. Yeah. Is that good? That was, that was very good, good okay. sweetheart. So, yeah. And we started two years ago. Um, it, it was a podcast that we had talked about a lot. And we kept saying, like, oh, yeah, we should do that someday. We should do that someday. And then eventually, Lisa's like, we should do that today. <laughs> and I was like, I guess um, we, we, do another podcast called in the mouth of darkness and we had all the equipment so that we should just hit record on this other idea and we've been doing it for two years and we're now coming up on our 100th episode, two episodes away. Dropping, two episodes away. um right now we're doing a series yeah. on the fantastic four and we're using this health help guru one of my personal faves gretchen rubin and her four tendencies yeah yeah i was so actually far, checking out that episode today Okay. Oh, wonderful. It's, it's, it's the, you know, Sue and Reed are two of my favorite comic book uh, mm -hmm. couples, uh, characters. And um, those first six issues was what we just covered uh, the Stanley Jack Kirby stuff. Yeah. And that's a wild uh, era, an important era. Uh, and relationship wise, it's, um, it, you know, it, it, Reed, Reed does a lot of dismissing of Sue and uh, <laughs> he's really lucky she stuck around. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah. So one more question about your podcast. I have to know your intro. Did you guys do that or did you get somebody to do that for you? Because that's fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. Um, actually, that was all me and GarageBand. Our intro music is an acapella version of the 90s X-Men cartoon theme. Yes, and, it is. And my mom is just super stoked that I'm using my master's degree in <laughs> vocal performance for something. Hey. <laughs> yep. That you is hear... a cool thing to have a master's degree in. Why, thank you. So in that in uh in that one arrangement, you get to hear the totality of my range. It goes from like a, like almost like a uh like a E3 to a C6. Sure. It's, it goes crazy high, but that's it was awesome. fun. I'm I'm gonna say sure, uh, right <laughs> along with Brad. Uh, that sounds like a I very... get it. I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> All I know is that there was some high pitched parts in there. I was like, ooh, wow, they got that one, and uh, I just thought it was cool. I and so because I I listened to the the uh, the Fantastic Four episode today. And I kind of was jumping back through a few others. I'm like, I got to see if they did this just for this one episode, if this was like a special thing or if they changed it. And I was like, oh, it's the same one here. Oh, it's the same one here. And I went back like, I think the last six episodes. I was like, oh, this must be their, okay, that's got to be their theme, their intro theme. So I yeah, was like, this was is like, really cool. It was like our second recording session. Our first recording session was that first 
episode and then before we put it out i put that theme together and you've been threatening to do an acapella version of the classic spider-man cartoon zubiza, 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 zubiza. yeah i just have to do the arrangement and actually sit down and do it <laughs> time you know that that's the hard really part cool. about anything is the i have to sit down and do that yeah 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 I have lots yeah. of plans. Time is Ideas overrated. are so easy. Ideas are so easy. Manifesting things into existence is a little harder. It is. It is. I get that. That it is. Should, should we just play a small clip of that? The can we? There? Do you it's, have it pulled up or or do I need to pull it up real quick? I can. It won't take me long. Yeah. I mean, let's pull it up and have people uh, hear, hear what we're talking it. about. I am absolutely okay with that because this is uh, a really cool thing. And I really think more people should hear it. So we're super proud of it. <laughs> you should be. You should be. Absolutely. All right. So hold on a second here. I got to do the whole share a screen thing, which sometimes works. The music nerd part of me is very, very excited about this. You're also a music nerd. That's so exciting. I am a music nerd. I am. My grandmother was an opera singer. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. So here we go. This is... Uh, I'll pull this up so everybody can see it. Here it is. That's us. And that's you guys. And I'll, I'll play this it. one because might not hear it because stream air, it's interesting. Okay. Let's try this another way. Uh, stop sharing. I can, I can bring it up on my iPhone. <laughs> I'm sure their standard of sound quality is higher than that. <laughs> well, you would think so. <laughs> um, that's exactly what Tim was going to do too. Do you yeah, have that's a, exactly, a ringtone? That's exactly, actually, that's exactly what I did do, uh, is pull up my phone because... Oh, Brad's got it cute, I think. If you've got it, go ahead. Do it. All right, here we go. Boop, 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 boop. That's that it. is awesome. <laughs> See right there at the end, that was the high part that I was talking about. That that's yeah. probably that that C twenty four to seven thing that she was talking about <laughs> earlier. So, yeah, <laughs> or, or, or what? You know, you know, C six, whatever. She also got that nice little. Well, I think it was when Wolverine pulls out. It was uh, claws. But <laughs> yeah, <that's> part. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, hit me right in the nostalgia. Oh. Yeah, she nailed it. You, that's that is awesome. It really is. So thank you, thank, thank you. you for uh, for pulling that out and saving our collective bacon because it was not going well over here. So, <laughs> all right. So let's, let's we we've done worse. That's for sure. All right. So let's get into our game. Uh, it's not really a game. It's more of a discussion. So some nights we play games. Some nights we have discussions. Tonight's a discussion night. So tonight be. because we have the comic book counseling. Co comic book couples counseling podcast <laughs> dynamic duo here tonight. We thought we'd have a chat about uh, what are the best comic book to screen adaptations. And then, of course, we have to, since we're talking about the one that we think is the best, we also have to think of one that's just awful, but we love it anyway. So, uh, so one good one, one bad one, but we love them both. So, uh since uh we have brad and lisa here and they are the comic book experts we're gonna start oh. right off with them experts oh boy i threw the word expert out there you're welcome we're sure. all right so is, Not this like, is this like round robin style where we first everybody does their favorite or do we say our, our yeah. favorite well, and our least favorite in the same go well let's let's do favorites first and then we'll okay. go back through and then we'll talk about the awful ones and, and reminisce and how awful they i think are the awful lovely. ones are gonna take longer I think so too. That's why I said we'll break them up. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, um, is this my favorite one of all time? Probably not, but it might be my number two. And it's the one I wanted to talk about the most. And I, I recently just rewatched it and I just, I adore it so much. And it is the, um, 20, is it 2012? It's the 2012, Judge Dread movie, also known as just Dread. 
directed That's by Carl Urban, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl mm-hmm. Urban, directed Carl by Peter Urban. Travis, and uh, produced and co-written by Alex Garland. Um, I like this movie is a great action film. Uh, I think that it is a good representation of 2000 AD and the comic books of Judge Dredd. Although it's not, it doesn't capture the totality of 2000 AD tonally wise. Like the tone of Dredd is pretty, like serious might not be like the right word, but dry. It's, It's comedy is there and it winks, but it's not as overt as 2000 AD comics can get. Okay. Uh, and then Carl Urban is just like, it's everything you wanted Judge Dredd to be when you did not get that Judge Dredd in the 1995 Sylvester Stallone film. Um, he keeps the helmet on, and, and he, that's so important. And he has the perfect half moon frown. Yeah, like, and he, he tells so much story in that frown. It is an incredible performance. And the, you know, trapping the story to this one location, the peach trees, mm-hmm. uh, where they're having to kill their way to the top to get uh, Mama. Uh, it's it's just an exhilarating experience. It's a nonstop experience. And uh, we need more of those in comic book movies. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. And I'm pretty much anything pro non-Sylvester Stallone. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. outside of Rocky, I really have a hard time with much of it. Win me over at Carl Urban. So, I mean, I love Stallone. <laughs> I've subjected Lisa to several Stallone movies recently, actually. Um, but I also understand your point of view. And I would not argue. Yeah. yeah it's not that I hate him as an actor. I don't. I don't dislike him. I mean, it's not like it's not like he's Tom Cruise and he's God awful and should never be on camera. But, um, you know, I just there are certain roles that I have a hard time with him in. Like, I love him in the movie Oscar. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that's the one movie of, Oscar. It's one of my all time favorite movies. And it's not a movie that I also I often think of when you go, hey, what's your favorite uh, Stallone flick? You know, most people aren't going to go, oh, it's Oscar for me. It's Oscar. You know, it's a good but, pick. It's a good pick. What I think makes Stallone so special and peculiar as an actor is he has no idea what people like about him. He goes, like, it's got to be the muscles, right? It's got to be the muscles. And no, friend, it's your charms and how you seem a little slow. Like, that's what we like. More of that, please. I I actually think he's starting to understand that. And James Gunn certainly understands Mm. that. And casting him as the voice of King Shark in the Suicide Squad is brilliant. (laughs) Okay, I will give you that. Yes, it is. So, But getting back to Dread, just real quick. Like, my favorite bit of comedy in that entire film is you go through that whole movie, and it is gnarly, and it is violent. And it's upsetting at times. There's some really graphic and disturbing sequences in that movie. And Dread survives it because that's what Dread does. Dread survives Mega City One. And his, you know, commanding officer comes up to him and says, like, well, you know, how did it go? And he just goes, Routine drug bust. Like the whole movie for him was just his Tuesday. Like for us, it's this great action film. And for him, it's Tuesday. Just a drug right. bust. Yeah, nothing big. I love that. So good. All right. So, Lisa, what's what's your favorite comic book adaptation? I picked one that is so near and dear to my heart. It is the 2010 romantic comedy Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ooh, that is I a took good. my pick. I did. I, I'm took so glad I was second because <laughs> I was so relieved I was second because I knew that Brad wasn't going to pick it. <laughs> so I'm like, phew. I love this movie um i love anything with a romantic bent and if i'm encountering any kind of media i'm gonna turn it into a romance anyway so they might as well just include it sure and um it is also a comedy and a musical so it's all of the things i love in a film and i think it's a great um take on the original comic by brian lee o'malley it's actually not like a like a floppy comic. It comes from a six volume series that, at first glance, on the shelf looks more like a manga. And there is um, some manga influence. I always say it wrong, and then I get a look. 
<laughs> um, there is some manga influence. <laughs> it was inspired by um, a series called Ranma and a Half. And, okay. um, but, uh, so, and it was kind of like a take on a Shogun style, but, um, Brian Lee O'Malley had hardly read any. And so it departs from there fairly quickly. Um, but, uh, it's charming, it's funny, and it's super Canadian and nostalgic. <laughs> it's very Canadian. And very Canadian. Heavily. I, and I think that Edgar Wright <clears throat> is was the perfect director to adapt something that is so um, nostalgic and referential. It also references, um, you know, video games and and um, and things like that. And so Edgar Wright, in realizing it as a film, could take that one step further with the whole soundscape of video games, and then. Uh, there's also the Toronto indie music scene is also folded yeah. into that. And so um, in bringing that to the screen, he uses um, Beck and Metric and creates this amazing, grungy, irresistible soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To yeah. me, I think that that's really what makes a really special uh, adaptation of a comic is that it's it's not like a perfect retelling of every minute plot point, but what it nails is the spirit of it. Too often I watch a comic book movie and I go like, I you know, I love the comic. I think the comic should have just been the comic. Like the mm -hmm. comic is perfect. But in this case, it feels like, you know, Edgar Wright took the book and elevated it and you realize that the book was a first draft for this film. Mm -hmm. And the film is like the completion of everything that Brian Lee O'Malley was trying to do. Right. And, and it, it, it really comments on it as much as it elevates it, mm. you know, like there are things that you can do in film that you can't do in a comic book. And I, and I like that Edgar Wright really embraces that mm. like to, to complete the idea, to round out the idea. No, I like that. That's yeah. I, I think, and that was going to be my pick. So uh, I'll well, go ahead and come up with something quick because oh, I squatted on it. <laughs> I, it's okay. I've got I have extras written down just in I'll case. It's not my um, pick. But one of it the things I wanted pick. to comment on on were some of the things that you hit on. I love the fact that it's got the the old arcade video game feel to some mm -hmm. of the some of the things that happen. Um, I love the casting in this movie. Mm -hmm. Is impeccable. Chris Evans was a stellar choice. He's beautiful in that role. Um, Brandon Roth, who I don't think enough people also really like. He's great. He's a great actor, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, and I think he does really good on that. Um, and so, he's dreamy. So, and then Anna. So, yeah. So, we're talking mainly comic books, graphic novels, things like that. Uh, not so much of the the orphan Annie things, but you know we could we can we could make a stretch for it. I Absolutely. mean, I'm here to talk about the Phantom. If we want to talk the Phantom, I can talk. <laughs> <the Phantom>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I for me that was what kind of grabbed me with with Scott Pilgrim is that I felt like I was watching a comic book, um, you know, in live action, mm -hmm. and I felt like I was you know or watching a graphic novel in, in live action, and that it was it was kind of un unfolding in front of me because especially you know when they get into the the fights and you know the time you get destroyed and the coins shoot everywhere and then you know and then there was the one up and all that stuff and I'm just it's just so many cool things about that movie that made me go oh that's good and it's I, one of those things that I, the more I watch it the more I catch it was one of those movies too that like I am not as big into comic books comic books were not as big of a thing for me but then watching Scott Pilgrim versus the world and then reading the comic books is a different take on things mm -hmm. but realizing how amazing they did mm -hmm. instead of being disappointed yeah. Yeah. and you see that edgar wright did take specific panels and dialogue and he out loved of the, the comic yes. like he clearly mm -hmm. loved yeah. the comic yeah it, it was it was clearly a passion project but Basically, I think that's it is just such a cool it. movie though yeah like, absolutely i loved that the first time i watched it was just how visually interesting it is yeah agreed all right, Nick. Do you have do you have a, a backup pick, or do I you need a minute do. to let to let Kathleen do some talking and you do some research? So I do have a backup, <laughs> and it is the mask. Ooh. Oh, that's a good. Yeah. I've okay. never seen it. What? what? The mask? I've never seen it. All right, we're stopping we the live it. show right here, and we're gonna watch. 
<laughs> Brad, bring it up on your for 13 years and you haven't seen it. I haven't seen all of the things. I know it's unbelievable. I, I look, I like the uh, look of loss on, on Brad's face of what you haven't. <laughs> I just, I felt like we just watched it. Like I oh, watched well, it like six months ago. You weren't there. <laughs> no. Okay. How did we get this far in our relationship without you watching the mask? I think that's what that look was. And I love it. <laughs> they did a really good job. Like I think Jim Carrey nailed it with doing the mask. And mm-hmm. I, I love made the, for that role. Yeah, I love like the whole cartoon style thing that they did with it too. Um, just kind of bringing some of those elements into the movie and how it's—I don't know—it was just a like even though you knew okay, good guy, bad guy kind of storyline, but it, it was still enter- it's still entertaining mm-hmm. to watch. Um, sometimes I still find myself singing the. Chickaboom, chick, chickaboom. Oh, yeah. The Cuban awesome. beat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They call me Cuban beat. I'm the king of the rumba beat. Anyway. Ooh, you so, also have a lovely voice. Oh. You should hear him serenade tater tots. <laughs> yeah, there has to be a little more Guinness involved for that to happen. But <laughs> So, but yeah, that's that's a good pick, Nick. I, I agree. That's a very, very good run. What Anything else you want to add on that? that? Well, I'm, I'm going to interrupt. That's what I do. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> But what 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 I love about that film, and what you were kind of alluding to, Nick, is Jim Carrey's and through his performance, through his through the CGI as well, that character is all about his enthusiasm and love for like Tex Avery cartoons and Chuck Jones stuff, and how he weaponizes cartoons is is both like ingenious and very clever and it's choreographed really, really well, but it feels like a warm hug for all us kids who sat around the TV watching those tunes. Like if you had the mask, you would do that. I'd probably also add some star Wars references, but, but like, I just think it's such an enthusiastic movie and uh, a loving movie. And, and, and uh, yeah, it's great. I've never read the comic Funny Science Fiction will be right back after a word from our sponsors. And now back to Funny Science Fiction. It's a good show. Anything else to add, Nick? Are you good there? That's all i got to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Forrest. All right. All right, Kathleen, what's yours? Anybody surprised? (gasps) I adore Deadpool. The movie is fantastic. And Number one reason why that movie is fantastic is because Ryan Reynolds brought so much. Sorry, Tim. (laughs) He brought so much into that character. I mean, Deadpool is, he's such a dynamic character anyway, because of the fourth wall breaks and how, how real he is to you versus reading it because of the fourth wall breaks. It feels like you, you know him a little more, but then to, to go from, comic book to screen and see that character that you love brought to life and so sassy like i don't know how ryan reynolds fit that that much sass into that tight of a suit i mean (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure he'd be willing to tell you Uh. (laughs) probably and i mean as lisa mentioned anything with romance is going to make it better and obviously deadpool is a romantic story yes it it is even if he does kebab people it's still it's still a love story. He does it out of love. He does. He does. I have to say that that uh, that Deadpool is the reason why I hate Wolverine X-Men Origins. Oh yeah. I was so excited to hear that Deadpool is going to be in that movie. And then <laughs> that is one of the that is one of the movies that I may have yelled at the screen about. While um, in the movie theater? Oh, while at the movie theater it may have happened. <laughs> Possibly, I'm. I can either confirm nor deny. I can confirm actually. Um, <laughs> so bad. I I may have yelled something about sewing his mouth shut. And, and it's upset. so it's it is such a terrible rendition of him. He mm-hmm. needs his mouth. He's a mark with a mouth. What is going on here? Right. I mean... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The, I I was happy with it until that part. Part. I love mm-hmm. the scene in the movie in that movie where they're standing in the elevator and he will not shut up and he's talking to the captain. It's your eyes. I love your eyes. Have I ever told you how the eyes? And it's the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That's that is 
Deadpool. That is Wade Wilson. That is the way it's supposed to be. This is perfect. And then he sewed his mouth shut. So so very sad. I will admit, I saw that movie before it came out. I saw that uh, version that was released before the movies even released it. um, And things were not fully uh, CGI'd yet. Yeah. Um, So after seeing that, it was a phenomenal movie. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Well, yeah, there's, there's that. Uh, but yeah, the other reason why I didn't like X-Men Origins, and I'll, I'll say this real quick before I let Kathleen finish her, her spiel here about Deadpool. The other reason I didn't like it is the way that they did not, they flirted with Gambit, but didn't really do anything with Gambit. And I love Gambit. Growing up, he was one of my favorite comic book characters. I always just thought he was so cool, you know, um, and to have them both in that same movie, I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Gambit and Deadpool are in the, the X-Men movie. This could be great. And then it sucked. Where's so. our Gambit spinoff movie like, or TV series? Who knows? Hasn't happened, but it needs to. He, I think it'd be really cool. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stories there that could be told with Gambit. So It'll happen. You know, like Channing Tatum was supposed to be uh, Gambit, and then the Disney merger killed that. So I, I'm sure we're going to be getting some X-Men, some Merry Mutants soon. And he'll, the Raging Cajun will be one of them. God, I hope so. That'll be awesome. I so really do hope so. All right. So anything else to add about your, your Deadpool? The only other adoration? thing that I absolutely loved about Deadpool, and I know this is a family-friendly show. I love the fact that they didn't family-friendly Deadpool. Hmm. I well, love they- that they stuck to Deadpool. And yes, it was it was an R rating for a comic book, and that's not supposed to, but it worked. And then doing Once Upon a Deadpool to do the PG thirteen version of it was also great, and the Princess Bride spinoff aspect of it was <laughs> awesome. Fred Savage, taping Fred Savage, Fred Savage duct taped to a bed was just <laughs> hilarious. But uh, I love that they they didn't give in to the pressure. Exactly, Anna. I love that they didn't give in to the pressure of this has to be for kids because not all comic books are for kids. Right. Right. Adults like comic books too. <laughs> Very good. All right. So, all right. So we've had uh, Dread. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim, The Mask, Deadpool. I think those are all solid choices. And how far I, down your list of. I'm, I'm, uh, well, my, my top, I picked. Uh, four, just in case, because I was like, you know what? Just in case, there's there's going to be five of us, and I'll have a shot at getting one of these on. So I, so uh, I'm actually I'm very okay with this pick because I, I think it's really cool. Uh, Into the Spider Verse from 2018. Yeah. So the reason I love that uh, is just because. It, it brings in so many different parts of the Spider-Man universe, of the multiverse. And I love the way that, uh, you know, with the Miles Morales uh, edition and bringing all that kind of together. And I, don't know, I just I thought it was really cool the way it was done. I, you know, I kind of like Spider-Pig, too. I mean, that's kind of a thing for me. Uh, Sorry. You know, <laughs> um, it's Spider-Ham. Yeah, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I knew Spider Pig was wrong, and I was wa- I was kind of looking at uh, Brad's corner of the screen, going, "I'm waiting for him to correct me because I know it's wrong." But yeah, Spider Ham. Thank you. So uh, good. P- done by John Mulaney. Fantastically by John Mulaney, by the way. Um, stand-up comedian from SNL. Great guy. He's hilarious. Oh, he's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, um, but I, I really like that. I like the way that the story was done. I like the fact that they 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 worked in the the Peter Parker to. Miles Morales transition there, and you know, I just I don't know, just thought it was really cool. I love how they they were really going like, we want to bring the comic book to the screen. How can Mm -hmm. we create the sense of panels? How can we create the sense of like dynamic, you know, the dynamic drawing and and things like that? Right. So cool. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. Yeah, really, it's so inventive. I mean, it, I feel like it has a lot in common with Scott Pilgrim versus the World, where mm-hmm. you know they they were embracing everything that a film could be to replicate what it's like to 
watch an animated Spider-Man film, cartoon, whatever, and read a comic book and turn a page and, yeah. and staples and all that stuff. And all mm-hmm. the, like, like the myriad of little hidden details throughout every frame. You can watch that film a hundred times and catch something new bagel. Yeah, no, I agree. That's, that's one of those ones that I have. I watched that just the other day and was, I caught a few things that I had not caught before. And just, um, you know, even, even something as simple as, you know, um, how my, you know, with, with everything with the miles transitioning into Spider-Man and, and how that, you know, how that all worked and, you know, getting all that and, and, and the, the relationship between him and Parker and, and, and all those kind of things between the multiverse. And I, I honestly, I think I most related with, with old fat Peter Parker and that made me feel good. So true. I, I, I call him COVID Parker. It's just, they, we didn't know there was, <laughs> we didn't know there was a COVID Peter Parker uh, needed to happen, you know, back in 2018 and what such a simpler time. So, but uh yeah, like we went places and saw people and, and, and did, we did the things and we saw the peoples and, but yeah, so the, for me, that's that's one of the better uh, the better comic book adaptations. And um, I actually haven't seen that one. Oh, it's good. You it's need good. watch it with your daughter; she'll love it. It's very good. Um, See, and it's funny is like I've never been a big Spider Man fan. I don't have anything against Spider Man, but it's never been like the I have to watch Spider Man. No, I get that. And the great thing about uh, Into the Spider-Verse is you don't have to, I don't think you have to be a Spider-Man fan to enjoy the movie. There's right. enough gags and, and things that are funny um, just with the way that the characters interact with each other, um, you know, and, and some of the jokes that are told. I think that you can be a uh, pedestrian movie watcher and still find it entertaining and, and enjoyable. I think the only Spider-Man movie I watched was one of the Tobey Maguire well, um, then I say cleanse your palate with uh, yeah. Into the Spider-Verse. I think it was like chosen for a sleepover or something. I had no choice. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, so, I was? The hub says you were. Oh, I mean, you might have been sleeping. but It's like Lisa watching the mask with me. I know it happened. Well, so, John, I need clarification here. Was I pregnant or did we have a newborn? Because I don't way, remember. Either way, that's that. not going to count. So... Uh, <laughs> If you weren't actively participating in the movie watching experience. <laughs> so, um, all right. So cool. Uh, Nick will be back at home. He's got something he's got to take care of. So we're just going to pretend that his screen isn't there for a moment. Uh, he disappeared. He's gone for a moment. He'll be back. All right. So cool. So that's, that's the five. And, and I think an honorable mention, I think anytime you talk comic book movies, um, and I know a lot of people bring this movie up, but it's brought up for a reason, and that's The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if nothing else, just for Heath Ledger. Um, yes. So. That was my number two in case anybody stole Deadpool. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was my number four because I I, I want I liked the the more of the, the comic book aspects of, of my top three, um, but the storytelling of Dark Knight and the playing out of the thing I like most about Heath Ledger's Joker is, you know, I kind of, in my mind, it's most of what I remember. I compare it mostly to Hamill's Joker from Mm -hmm. the 1990s uh, Batman animated series. It was the maniacal, the, the crazy, you know, didn't really care what happened to anything else around him. He just, he did what he did because he was going to do it. And so for me, that's why pure chaos. Yeah. The pure chaos. Absolutely. So that's a very solid choice. Love that movie. Yeah, I thought so. Brad looks like he wants to argue. I, no, I love <laughs> I love the Dark Knight. I love the Dark Knight. <laughs> I am one of those weird guys who likes Batman Begins more, mm. but that's that's it's a me thing. It's a me thing, and I know and I know that. Uh, I, what I like about Batman Begins is how it just so thoroughly takes you through the process of Bruce Wayne becoming the Bat, and it's something that had never been done before really in the films or really the comic books either. Right. Uh, You know, like you had to piece his origin together through stories here and there. And they did that with Batman Begins. And and, uh, I I will never forget my first viewing experience of that movie. And I was in a crowd 
at the Philadelphia Comic-Con at the IMAX right outside the convention center. And it was all comic book geeks. And we were just losing our minds watching Batman Begins. And so that it, it just remains one of my favorites because of that. I can completely appreciate that. I think Batman Begins is a phenomenal movie. Actually, I think all the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are very good. I, like I think the th- I think the third one kind of lo- you know lost it a little bit, but it's still it's still not a bad movie. I I love watching those movies, you know, and, and sitting down and watching the trilogy. So I don't have a problem with those, any one of those being a pick. So yeah, I, Bat- I, I love the storytelling of Batman Begins and setting it up. You're right, very well done. So as you saw the comment on the screen too. It wasn't my fault. We have a toddler. We had a baby. No wonder I don't remember it. Doesn't count. <laughs> Doesn't count. We won't hold it against you. I don't remember anything for like the first six months of her life. I mean, come on, people. All right. So let's move on to uh, movies that were may not have been as good, but we like them anyway. And if you have a reason why you didn't like the film or why it, somebody might have a problem with the film, go ahead and feel free to call that out. Go ahead, Brad. Okay, so I started with Dread, and uh, I am going to stick with Dread and go back to 1995 and say Judge Dread, which is an atrocious movie in a lot of ways. We talked about the Stallone of it all. He wears the helmet for like five minutes, and then he takes it off, and he's I'm I, you know he's just chuntering I am the law uh, and screaming around <laughs> for the rest of the movie, and he's not a good Dread. He's a terrible Dread. But when he's wearing the helmet, he looks good. I like it. It's a Versace costume. Versace did the costume for Judge Dredd. And it looks amazing. It is so rad. And when I was saying how Dredd doesn't really capture the world of 2000 AD um, and the bizarreness and the the weirdness of 2000 AD and Mega City 1, Judge Dredd really does. And they throw so much money into this set. Uh, It's a crazy huge set on Mega City 1. And then they populate it with the weirdest characters. Uh, Mean Machine and the Angel family, the cannibal family that's outside in the Cursed Earth. Uh, Rico, played by Armanda Sante, uh, Stallone's co-star from, what was that 80s terrible follow-up to Rocky where he's like the wrestlers, the three brothers? Yeah, I... I, I want to uh, say I it's called it Cry Freedom, but that's not it. Uh, anyway, it's, an, it's a, Stallone partners back up with Armando Asante. They're playing brothers. Stallone and Asante are wearing blue contact lenses through the entire movie. It's the most unsettling stare you've ever gotten from Stallone. That's how you know they're brothers. <laughs> and that's how you know they're brothers. Because they both have these very false looking blue eye, eyeballs. Um, and yes... It was called Paradise Alley. Paradise Alley. Ter- terrible movie also, but Armando Sante and Stallone are in that. Okay. Playing uh, Brothers. And what's the Saturday Night Live guy who's in Judge Dredd, the sidekick? Rob Schneider? Yes. Rob Schneider? There we go. <laughs> Rob Schneider as the comic relief in Judge Dredd? Embarrassing. It's awful. <laughs> However, Lisa and I did a double feature of Dredd and Judge Dredd not too long ago, and I enjoyed Judge Dredd in a way that I hadn't done in a long time because of all its problems, but also just recognizing the production design, the costumes, and some of those 2080 uh, mythology bits that they managed to get in there. Uh, and I was like, hey, you know what? It's this is terrible, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> so, Judge okay. Dredd. Okay. All right. Yeah, you know, my, my problem with Judge Dredd, uh, other than Stallone, um, is that I continuously confuse judge dread with demolition man <laughs> yeah demolition man's better though right yeah it's, it yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. i think yeah, it is i love demolition is. man <laughs> <laughs> like legit love and i'll fight for it all right i only I'm, played I'm, the pinball so it's, it's a good pinball i always for whatever reason i and i i had to look this up real quick while you were even talking brad to make sure that that the three seashells was from demolition man mm-hmm. and not judge dread i'm like because Seriously, those movies came out so close to one another, yeah, only a couple years apart, um, that I legit kind of get them, you know, stuck in my head. And yeah, John, it looks like you have the same problem I do. Uh, three seashells that's with uh, Demolition Man, it's so what we use in our household. We use the three seashells yeah, in the that's bathroom, correct. that's what we use. Yeah, that's awesome. It makes a cleanup snap, it's, yeah, it's very, very Handy. clean, very clean, <laughs> very clean process. All right. 
Excellent. Lisa, what's your uh, not so good, but you like it anyway? Uh, it's a new to me film, though it did come out in 2007. It's the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. And uh, the Fantastic Four have been beaten up Taking by the cinematic list, universe. Um, Take uh, that one off my list. There, there's yet to be an adaptation <laughs> of the Fantastic Four that truly celebrates them as a family, as, uh, you know, a dedicated, their philanthropy, um, their sense of adventure. Um, but what I love about Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer is it does touch on what I think is a theme throughout the Fantastic Four, no matter what um, series you're reading, is that balance of family life and work. Who doesn't relate to that? You know, uh, poor yeah. Sue, she just wants to have one thing that is normal. She wants to have her dream wedding. But ever since she and Reed traveled to outer space, her life has taken a turn for, uh, let's say, the weird. The weird. So yeah, she opens this movie wanting Reed to want to have her dream wedding. And throughout the film, uh, there are, of course, interruptions. There is the Silver <laughs> Surfer everywhere he's been. Planets have been destroyed, right? Mm -hmm. But um, in Sue being the key to discovering the humanity in the Silver Surfer, she also realizes what value she brings as an individual to uh, the superhero universe. And I think that um, she gets this sense of pride to, to bringing that feminine touch to the superhero world. And I know that that is not the most evolved female superhero story, but I still find it really touching. And I really do think that it's in the spirit of the Fantastic Four. Especially those early issues. Um, it was dismissed as a little cheesy, I think, by some. And especially watching it now, a lot of the effects are not as as impressive. It's actually insane how far we've come since 1997 when it comes 2007. to 2007. 2007. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I Even guess then. it's not that far then. Not, I'm less impressed. It's still, no, I think it's impressive. No. I'm less yeah. impressed. We've, we've, come a, <laughs> we've come a long way since 2007. Um, but I still love the makeup effect for the thing. I love the fact that they went practical. I think mm -hmm. it adds a lot to the performance of um, Ben Grimm. Ben, not just Ben Grimm, but everybody around oh, Ben yeah. Grimm. The mm -hmm. fact that they're um, interacting with something tactical. If I was to have one main complaint about Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, would be the introduction of Galactus. Thank where you. It's such like a comic booky comic book movie that when you are anticipating seeing Galactus, you want to see the guy. You know what I mean? Not but a cloud. Yeah. Instead, they flinch and they go for the cloud. And I've, to me, I go like, you've gone this far. Just commit. Just commit. Agreed. Absolutely but, agreed. But maybe the fact that, you know, Chris Evans didn't really ignite as Johnny Storm. Um, maybe that is why we have him as our Captain America um, or one of our Captain Americas. So I will forever be grateful that this wasn't a tremendous success. But I, right. I still, it's still near and dear to my heart. No, I'm, I'm good with that. I, that was, for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned, was going to be the same reasons why I picked that to be mine. But I have a backup, so we're good. Um, Do you want to take your turn next so that you, your backup doesn't get lost? No, I'm, I feel pretty safe with mine. I, my backup, I'm pretty good with it. So, Nick, go ahead. What's the one that you'd like the least or or a bad one that you like? You still like? I'll get it right one of these times. Electra. Oh. I, I don't know what it is about it. It was just one of those that I felt like there could have been more to it. But it was just good enough to keep my interest, but not. But it was like 
Have I watched it since it came out? Nope. <laughs> That's so funny that you say that because like I had completely blocked it out of my memory. And as soon as you said it, it returned to me like a fever dream. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that was reality. That was not, you know, that was not a, a bit of beef. <laughs> and it was played by Jennifer Garner, which is the reason why you liked it. But yeah, go ahead. Continue. It's the reason well, most people liked it. I, I don't like <laughs> I remember it, but I don't remember it. So now I'm like, I might have to go watch it again just so I remember it. I just pretend that it's just another episode of Alias. I think <laughs> it's better than the Daredevil movie. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking forward to Bullseye a little more, I think. Yeah. Well, since that movie's brought up, we can go ahead and talk about it because that's my backup. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, I actually really enjoy the movie Daredevil for some reason. Um, it is awful. The dialogue is awful. The the uh, the playout between um, Elektra and and Daredevil is awful. Uh, Colin Farrell in that movie is god awful as Bullseye. He is wretched, horrible. He's so good in so many movies and so many other roles. And he flatlines so hard as Bullseye. He just, oh, that's rough. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I can't even go into the, the amount of which I do not like Colin Farrell as Bullseye. However, I did not think that Ben Affleck was bad as as the devil. I also thought that um, if you're going to watch it. You need to watch the director's cut. Hmm. It is a little bit better. It does not take out uh, some of the issues that are, are plaguing the movie, but it does help set up a few of the scenes a little bit better, and it does help. Ex it, it does stretch the storyline a little bit to where it's it's a little bit more tolerable, um, and it's a little more real in some of the the aspects of how the story is played out and and, and touched on. Um, I have always, you know, and I've always read people say, oh, it's a horrible movie, and this and that, and, and I'm like, I don't, and then there's me over in the corner going, but I like it. It's not that bad. Um, but yeah, so if if they could have gotten Colin Farrell to not uh, channel his inner 1960s Cesar Romero, I think <laughs> we may have had a decent... Uh, a decent you know, bad guy there. But I also think that they tried squeezing too much in um, with bolt by putting bullseye in the movie, um, you know, by, by throwing in another, uh, another big bad because mm -hmm. there was already Kingpin. You didn't yeah. need Kingpin and bullseye. You could have done that movie without bullseye. And it would, you could take Colin Farrell out of that movie, except for the killing of Electra in that movie. And it would still be a good, it, it would still be the same movie. I feel like this is your mission. You should take this on. You should do the re-edit of Daredevil and just take Bullseye out, and then everybody will realize what a passable film this is. <laughs> hold, hold on. Uh, Can you do that on VidAngel? <laughs> Nick, uh, yeah, seeing how you are my video editor, uh, that's your job. So, uh... <laughs> Oh, see? True filmmaker. Look at you delegate. <laughs> you, you stick to your strengths, you know? Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so for me, that's that's Daredevil. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's a very good movie. It, it shows premise, pr uh, you know. There's a promise to the premise, is what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, and they they kind of stick to how he got his powers, how that all came to be. I like that aspect of it. I like the, you know, I really thought it was cool how they showed him using his powers with, you know, uh, with the cane and how he tapped things and you know the. The, the sonar type thing that he had go, he has going on um you know it's it's not better than than the Netflix series that's for sure no. um that's pretty awesome in my opinion um but yeah that's me that's where I'm at all right Kathleen go ahead with yours so mine has a 38 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that matters to anybody, because usually the lower the number on Rotten Tomatoes, the better the movie really is in my book. It is 1995's Batman Forever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? It is a horrible movie, but we love it. So much. 
so much. Jim Carrey as Riddler is amazing. I love that. But the movie itself is pretty rough. So corny. It is so corny. It is so over the top. It is ridiculous. On the plus side, Batman didn't have nipples. So it's a weird... Exactly. There were no bat nipples. So No but nips. But That's my edit. Uh, my Batman Forever, my re-edit does have nipples in it. We're oh. pro we're pro bat nipples on couples <laughs> I I like the one with uh Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze. Yeah, the Batman one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's yes. Batman and Robin. Batman. Yeah, you, See, you and like I, the bat nipples. Okay. I love those movies. I love the early nineties mm-hmm. Batman movies because I was a small child and that was other than like the Batman animated series. <laughs> it's only time he likes Jim Carrey as a comedic actor. I get that. But other than like the Batman animated series, that was my introduction to Batman was this over the top corny ridiculousness. <laughs> I would blame it on drinking, but I'm sure it's the toddler's fault. His autocorrect issues tonight. But it is one of those, it's near and dear to your heart because it's hilarious and ridiculous and over the top and just so many things that you do and don't want Batman to be. I honestly hate Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, but that's just me. I'm not even Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> I, see in the car, like, oh. I love him. I love him. I love him. But, so, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with Batman Forever. I do have a problem with Batman and Robin. That's in one of my uh, not-redeemable comic book movies. Um... Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Oh god, that, that movie. It's so bad. So god awful bad. Uh yeah, Batgirl. Uh oof. No, thank I you. I think my absolute favorite thing about these movies though is there was in my high school there was a class as film is lit. So film is literature. And they did all three of those movies. They did the the early 90s trio and then had to write essays on why that was good film is literature. It was great. It was great. I I had an open period and I went into that classroom with the, hey, can I hang out in here? And the teacher's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, what are you guys watching? Batman Forever. I'm like, oh, yay. I stay here now. <laughs> this is my class. <laughs> All right. So we've only got a couple minutes left before we got to jump off here. Um, so I, I want to take a moment and say thank you to Seriously, everybody for their picks. You guys did really well with this. And this was a, I had fun with this. This was an enjoyable conversation. Anytime we get to talk nerd is always a good hour well spent. Um, but Brad and Lisa, could you tell our, our fine folks where they can find out more about comic book couples counseling? Uh, yes, absolutely. You can find us at comicbookcouplescounseling.com. You can find the podcast on your favorite podcast app or find us at comicbookcouplescounseling.com. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at CBCC Podcast. You can find my personal Twitter account at MouthDork. And uh, Lisa? I'm at Sidewalk Siren on Twitter and Instagram. Do you have anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, do I? You did do like this. You're doing oh, a little- yeah project i i just submitted my page to weapon x spelled uh weapon spelled the regular way but instead of weapon x it's weapon x and it is kind of a parody pastiche homage to the amazing artist artist barry windsor smith and uh the page i got to do was logan Facing Ooh. down a Siberian tiger, but because I had to put Ooh. that, you know, wife dork spin on it, um, it is Logan in short shorts facing down a pug, and he's so excited, and he's wearing a t-shirt uh, uh, that shows a little midriff and says, Ooh. hugs, not hugs, because like myself, not a hugger. <laughs> and that's going to be in print. It's like the first art that Lisa's done where it's going to be in print in this anthology Yay! called Weapon Eck. Yes, and, the, uh, it's excited. a oh, very awesome. small press. Yeah. You can find out more about it uh, from 100% Comics. Um, and that's at 100 the P. Yeah, 100 the number. Was zero, zero, P Comics on Twitter. Awesome. That's excellent. All right, guys. Yeah, please go check out uh, Comic Book Couples Counseling. These guys are fantastic. I love what you guys are doing. 
And like I said, to start off the show, this is something that can go for a long, long time. You guys have so much uh, information to pull from. And as we change through eras, this is something you can kind of go back and relook at stuff and, you know, and reanalyze your analysis with new information and stuff. So it's kind of a cool concept. So, and thank you. Most of all, thank you for coming here tonight and sharing. Thank with you guys. Us. This was the little best. Thank you for having us. We had a blast. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much. All right. Very good. All right, guys. That's going to conclude us for Funny Science Fiction. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode.